welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you, it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now I'm known with my clients, I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. So welcome to episode two, how to move past legacy mindset that is keeping you stuck. It surprises me how many entrepreneurs don't actually spend any time thinking about the past legacy, those thoughts, those feelings, and everything to do with mindset that is keeping them stuck and stopping them from moving forward. And some of this comes down to actually our definition of what is legacy. So legacy from the Cambridge Dictionary is something that is part of your history or that remains from an earlier time. What's really interesting from what I know the work that I do is when we talk about legacy, People think of it as so far in the past or at the end of life, as such as they're not here anymore, what's my legacy? So in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on past legacy mindset that can be keeping you stuck and is actually coming into the present, specifically focusing on ancestral beliefs or patterns. So do you have any thoughts, any beliefs, any values or any patterns that you feel that you were born with? Is there a history or a known ancestral trauma in your lineage? Now, part of the work that I do with clients looks at limiting beliefs that are held so deep in the unsubconscious mind. And I wanted to share with you one story from a client. And this is is something that I've heard actually quite often from different clients of mine over the years. And this client said to me, she said, I don't do woo-woo, Laura. I don't believe in past lives. I don't believe in the power of the universe or anything like that. Don't think me rude. It's just not for me. So don't try and sell me on it. And I was like, okay, sure. That's absolutely fine. See what happens with my clients is I play in any way that they want to, in order to help them, uh, to cheerlead them and to challenge them. So I know I went back to her and said, do you trust me enough? And can I engage your sense of adventure enough? Because you see, I know that she loves adventure. So I said to her, can you engage your sense of adventure enough to surrender yourself and play with a new technique that we've not done before? She kind of said begrudgingly, yeah, yeah, Laura, you know, I trust you. And so hell yes, of course. It was a little bit like a teenager saying, yeah, okay, I'll do that. So we went through a powerful, powerful technique. And it's one that I've created and used within the 3L theory framework. Now this client was conscious the whole time, but the technique actually allows your unconscious mind to communicate. So at the end of their 90 minute session, I'm not going to share all the details with you right here. Maybe I'll invite her on a future wielding legacy and she can kind of tell you everything. But at the end of this 90 minute session, she was sat with me on the cream velvet sofa and she was recalibrating. So I gave her some space. 
held silence for her. And without me asking anything, she said, I don't believe in past lives. I just don't. So where the bleep, 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 hell, did it come from that I just said I was a housemaid from the 18th century? Probably not doing her credit how she said it. She was angry how she said it because she, her, her intonation was, I don't believe in this stuff. Where did it come from? You see, what she'd actually uncovered was part of her ancestral pattern. And she's given me approval for, to share some of it with you today. She'd uncovered from being the housemaid in the 18th century that she'd learned to be invisible, but in plain sight. She'd learned to take up as little space as possible whenever she was doing something. She'd learned that struggle and hard work are just as much a part of life as breathing. They're not something that you want or have to work for. They are, they just is. And the only masters and mistresses were served on, not staff. Now we trace this generational narrative from the past into the present day and how that could show up in her lineages. So this is from multiple sides with jobs that the family had with what we call family law. So family law is any stories that are passed down through your family, almost they become like folklore, but they become family law and family phrases. And there was one family phrase that she connected with, let's say, idle hands, the devil's playground. Now this showed up in her business life in the present day as well. So all of these narratives, she was actively seeking to not take up space when she was doing something. She wasn't delegating or hiring people because that was for others and not for her. And she was creating a life where she was always busy doing something to not you know, welcome in the devil. So she kind of let out a few more expletives, which I will not say here as those insights really hit and hit at different levels into her mind, into her body and into her soul. You see what was happening for us as those insights hit, those generational wounds were beginning to heal. When we talk about legacy impacting the present, it's important to realize not to judge our ancestors from our present mindset because it wasn't their reality when they were doing these things. And many of the beliefs of the patterns of the coping strategies that our ancestor did is actually in order to enable them to survive. Okay, so how do you know if you have a past legacy mindset that is keeping you stuck or maybe an ancestral belief that you wanna clear? I'm gonna read um, some finite points to you that I want you to let into your mind, your body, and your soul. So you can do this on a conscious or unconscious um, modality right now. It's completely up to you. So can you identi identify familial habits or coping strategies? Something that your family does. Is there a reward-based system that your family does? Is there a punishment-based system that your family does? And family can be your immediate family or primary carers, especially when you were young. Are you hypervigilant around certain topics or behaviors? So is there something like a topic that might come up that you know if it does, you're like hawk ears and you're straight on it? 
Do you have an internal feeling that you were born with certain ideas that almost feels like you're borrowing something and it doesn't feel like it's your own? And what family law do you have? What family success or failure stories is well known within your family unit? And giving context here, when I say family, family can be number of relatives as well. Anybody who you would consider family units. Is there a heavy or negative feeling when thinking about your family history? Okay. So I wanted to give you another example because when I'm sharing these stories with you, it can actually help to release, to open up these wounds that need to heal when you hear these things in context. So here is another client of mine uh, who has given me permission to share this story. And in their lineages, they worked out that they had ancestors who were in Auschwitz to Birkenkau. And they, they've known this since they were young. And this was not one ancestor. This was several um, of a family unit at the time. A few of them lived to tell the tale. And some of them became numbers logged in history books. They became faceless series of digits to represent a life story. And some of the language I've just shared with you is actually their language around a faceless series of digits. So during our session, we untangled an ancestral belief um, of it not being safe to stand out. Now that would be my language, but that wasn't the client's language. And this is why it's so important to understand what your specific ancestral belief pattern is. And what they were doing, their narrative they were, they were running from their ancestors that the only way to be safe was to be flying beneath the radar. Now, this ancestral wound belief pattern showed up from the client as they were having a recurring issue around being conflicted and frustrated. So they would have ideas and opportunities. They were great at creating opportunities for them to become more visible, but something would always happen where the opportunity never came to fruition. Now, this type of legacy narrative, it isn't just about avoidance of it's not comfortable to do something, but it was hard coded into our DNA as to what was safe, a primal need to stay safe at all times. It's not a mild fear-based response of being uncomfortable. It was a connotation for her of excruciating torture and a long death. So for this client, the ancestral pattern was manifesting for her in physical symptoms. Because remember what I've just said about excruciating torture and long death. When you think about those five words, they are heavy. They are full of pain. So when she had an opportunity to become a public speaker, especially if she was the only person to be on a stage or to be in the spotlight, then she would have physical symptoms. The other thing as well that she had from her ancestors was not to become easy pickings. So it wasn't just about standing out. This is why when she was on her own, she became easy pickings. Again, think about where she learned that from Auschwitz to Birkenkau. If you were easy pickings and you stood out and you were on your own, we're not just talking about torture or death. We're talking about other things that could happen. So another ancestral narrative that she was had was to avoid having any kind of easy pickings, never be on your own, never stand out. So a stage for her, even though her conscious mind wanted to, the idea of standing on her stage, 
meant that she was not flying beneath the radar or meant that she was suddenly easy pickings. So when we talk about ancestral narratives, they can manifest in physical symptoms and they seem obvious when you unpick them. But that's why they lie in the unconscious mind. So how do you start this work? Well, first of all, we need to identify familial habits or coping strategies. So do you think there is a pattern? Do you think there is a narrative or belief that you have a feeling you inherited? Is there an action that you've been wanting to do? Do you want to leave your job? Do you want to raise your rates? Do you want to stop a service that you no longer love? But is fear holding you back? Potentially, you may have a chronic health condition. Is that stopping you? So once you've identified the pattern that you are doing, so there's firstly pattern, you can identify then the belief that sits behind that pattern. So in the last line, I was just telling you about the pattern was she'd create opportunities to be visible and then something would happen that it wouldn't come about to fruition. Not that she necessarily self-sabotage, but it's something would happen. That was the pattern. Now, the belief that sits sat underneath that we've already talked about. So what could other some belief patterns uh, be that I've heard from clients? I'm the black sheep of the family. Justice doesn't exist. Don't make a fuss is one I've heard. And saving is pointless. Life is too short. Now, none of these beliefs are right or wrong. Don't bring judgment to them. It's whether they are helping you creating your future legacy. So once you've identified the belief, trace the belief back. Imagine now tracing that back to one of your ancestors. I want you to surrender yourself to get a sense of when they may have started believing it. It may be a sense, it may be a visual, it may be a sound, it may be a smell, there may be many different things going on. And if nothing comes, that's okay too. You may just know that you got this belief from your ancestors without being able to do the other parts. And that's absolutely perfect because everything is perfect. Now, what is the intention of the belief? See, all beliefs have an intention. Why does it exist? What was going on for your ancestor that this belief helped them to protect them? There's a reason we all have beliefs, even if we don't really understand in our conscious mind where or why they exist, but they do for a reason. So why do you think with your ancestor they needed that belief? Now, we are going to move in slightly into the land of the woo. So if you're like my first client and the woo isn't for you, just go with it. If you trust me, if I can engage your sense of adventure, let's just try something new if you've never done it before. I want you to acknowledge your ancestors. Give thanks to your ancestors in any sacred way that feels special to you. That may be pouring a whiskey and raising a glass to them. That may be creating an ancestral shrine or place in your home or your office that you remember them by. It's completely up to you. But acknowledge their path, their struggles. And then we need to let them know that you are going to put down this ancestral pattern for it no longer serves you and those, especially importantly, who come after you. Now, this is not gonna be a quick process. You could take as long or as short as you want to with this. I'm gonna invite you to explore and have a little bit of play. 
So once we've acknowledged our ancestors, we need to replace the belief. You see, what happens if you don't replace the belief with something new, the old has a better chance of coming back because your mind has like got a gap and we don't like gaps. We're going to fill it. So why don't you fill it or replace it with a brand new belief? So coming into the present day, you who you are in the present moment, what belief do you want to replace the ancestral one with? What would serve you as you create your legacy? What is your desired work-life blend? Then I want you to write it down. And it's really important that you write down this belief. I don't want you to type it. I want you to physically write it. See, I can feel as I'm, I'm recording this right now, I know the power of this experience. And I'm just going to give you some context right now. You may be absolutely not experiencing any emotions. You may have snot rockets. You might be crying. You might be feeling really hot. You might have itchy palms. You might be sweating. You might be farting. Let's just talk about all of this right now. All of these things are absolutely normal and very common. But I'm going to invite you to flow with what's ever happening for you. And never forget, our wounds and healing from our wounds provides power for us and those around us as we elevate. So thank you for being here today with me in Wielding Legacy podcast, as the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. So in this episode, I've covered how to identify ancestral legacy patterns. Look at identifying familial habits. Are you hypervigilant around certain topics? Do you have an internal feeling that you were born with a certain idea and you're borrowing it? What family law do you have? Family success and failure stories that are really well known. And do you have a heavy or a negative feeling when thinking about your family history? Now, if you know someone who, who would benefit from listening to Wielding Legacy, send them over to laurapainstanley.com and they can sign up. And don't forget, you can also follow me on Clubhouse as LPS or Instagram as Laura Payne Stanley. See you for the next episode of Wielding Legacy.